Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Welcome to Building Faith, uh, a Radio Islam production. Uh, this is an opportunity for us to talk with the learned uh, and, and the layperson, men and women, and to share themes, uh, ideas that will hopefully be a benefit to those who are new in the faith, as well as those who have many years behind them. So today we are talking with Imam Tariq Najiola of Baltimore, Maryland, and he is going to share some thoughts, uh, concerns that may be relevant for the person who is new to the dean, who is new to uh, this way of life and this commitment. And hopefully you will find value, value in what you hear. And as always, please do share. That I think is important. You know, Shahada is a, uh, or the Declaration of Faith, Shahada Tain, is a very exciting experience, a very exhilarating experience. It's a new life, it's a new energy. But the discipline and the habits that it takes to live a life that bears witness to the things that you just mentioned or declared with your tongue takes a lot of work. And everybody that is Muslim has various levels of how much work they're willing to put in to make that so. And so the second thing that comes to mind is just I had a, I had a friend back in college that said, you know, he said, man, I'm glad I met Islam before I met the Muslims. Mm. And I said, what do you mean? He said, you know, I read the Quran for like two years, and I read, and I read, and I learned the prayers, and, I, and then I took Shahada. He said, and after I took Shahada, I felt like I could come around and be a part of the community. And that's when I started beginning to get frustrated because I had studied these things and I'm with people who have been born in this religion and they didn't know the things that I knew. Or they didn't practice what I thought was a standard or something that was a basic level of understanding or practice. And it discouraged me. But once I got back to my disciplines of reading the Quran, it reminded me that everything was true that I had that led me to believe, but the practice, you know, sometimes as a new uh, embracer of the faith, you don't get the community reinforcement that you think you should get. Uh, there's not like you know sometimes some of the communities you don't even get a hug from the, the people in the, the community welcoming you. They just look at you and go on about their day like it didn't matter. When it's really one of the most eventful, life-changing moments that you've had. And so I'm always reminded of this quote, because my uh, our friend, he said that, you know, glad he met Islam before he met the Muslim, meaning that he's glad that he, he got acquainted with the disciplines of the faith and then understanding certain values and reading certain habits like reading the Quran, getting involved in prayer and and relying on Allah. Those things were very important. And so when he he had an expectation that once he embraced the religion and joined the community, that he would be around people that had the same level of faith and the same level of practice that would pace him and that ended up not being the case. And so I always tell people, you know, make sure that you meet, you meet Islam before you meet the Muslims. Make sure that you undercut. Know there are two different things. Know that the values and the principles and the ideals and the, the things that speak to our very hearts and souls and the religion, when they come to applications, just like anything else, it's like 
you know, you could read the best book on weight loss and fitness and then look in the mirror and say, man, why am I 40 pounds overweight? Mm. And you're steady gaining weight. But you read all the information. Life is like that. We have information and then we have application. And so the religion is no different. Just because we're commanded to make five prayers doesn't mean people make five prayers a day. And that also is an application. You allow yourself time to develop. You're not going to become like the prophet Prince upon him on one of his companions overnight. It's not something, and maybe you may not ever become like them, but I think there's also another, this is, I think it's the third point. I think a lot of times people come into, I think, let me see, third and fourth point, because there's two things that I always experience over and over again, and I think it's important for people to deconstruct and understand. So the third thing that I was going to say is that, you know, there's a attitude amongst some in the faith that, you know, the first three generations of Muslims are the ones that we have to aspire to be, and they're blessed and nobody else is. And so that means adopting a certain clothing from over 1,400 years ago, a certain manner of speaking, uh, dealing with the Gulf region of Arabia, a certain uh, manner of behavior that has a cultural and anthropological history associated with the Gulf region of Arabia, 7th century Arabia, to be exact. And, you know, based on uh, my studies as a student, as a religion, and being educated by uh, my teacher, Imam uh, one thing, Muhammad, I, I came to learn this, this opening, which is from a hadith that, opening of a khutbah that the prophet would say, he said that, or the address, the Friday sermon, he would say, um, uh, Salatu wa salam ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sallihi ajma'in wa ala nabiyyina jabi'ihim bi'ifanihim ala yonimuddin. What that loosely translates to is that uh, the praise and peace be upon our prophet uh, Muhammad and upon his family and his companions, and usually the end thing and collectively in what follows of the salutation. But there was another uh, thing that he add, added on occasionally that said, and those who follow them in their excellence until the day of judgment. So in that this extended opening, he, the prophet is saying that the, the salutation that you give him and his family and that you asking his companions be blessed, he opens it and says, and also those who follow us in our excellence, Islam, in our excellence until the day of judgment. So there's an opening for us to have that level of excellence in our character and our behavior. But it doesn't require us to be to live in 7th century Arabia. In his address, in his salutation, he's opening a door that says, in your excellence, so live Live your excellence. Live the excellence of Islam in 2018 and beyond. Mm-hmm. And don't try to live in a vacuum of 7th century Arabia. I think uh, if you allow yourself that, uh, you can deconstruct or separate someone who has a desire to really want to be righteous and zealous and faith and, and separate that from a desire to imitate a certain style of clothing or culture because the two are not synonymous. Sometimes, you know, imitation is a form of flattery, and it's, it's good, uh, but 
you know, Islam doesn't require that we embrace all the, the traditions, uh, the anthropological, cultural positions uh, of a certain time, but it requires us to embrace a certain values and as a prophet said, a, a set of internal characteristics is saying excellent character, internal excellence. So strive for the internal excellence in like I had a brother that told me to, I want to be like a prophet from the inside out. Mm. So I would say that would be the the final thing I would say is you know, a lot of times, you know, the way that the religion is presented to us, we tend to internalize that as the way the religion should be. And I'll tell a story. I had a, a situation happen where there was a brother who embraced the religion in a, a part of the world where most of the people that practiced the faith were from the subcontinent of India, what's called the subcontinent. And so the way it was presented to him, he thought that, you know, Hanafi Fik and a certain Shawa Kameez, a certain turban, that that was synonymous with the religion. And so uh, I was in a place where of study in another country, and his brother was coming to to embrace the faith. And he he has these. He just assumed that you know Islam is the same. Islam is one religion. So all over the world, this is how Muslims will be. And so he brought this dress, these preconceived notions, to to, to a place where where he was going to study the religion. Mm-hmm. And in his registration process, the the, the uh, administrator. You know, I was asking as a translator. The administrator asked the question. He said, so why is this guy dressed like this? Doesn't he know that we don't dress like this here? And, you know, he was speaking of his clothing. He had a long, so, well, Indian dress, shower kameez. Mm-hmm. And he had a turban, a kufi, and a very specific style of dress that indicated that he, you know, was Indian, but that he was, this guy was um, what we consider black or, mm-hmm. you know, Western. Um, african-american and so his his clothing and behavior didn't necessarily match his ethnic origin and so that these questions the administrator's asking well why is he dressed like this or what is he and they're trying to assess what his thinking is before they admit him into the school because they don't want to cause him a problem and cause themselves a problem so i had this experience and try to explain to the guy the guy was taking offense to the fact that I was saying these things. I said, I'm just translating the guy trying to understand. Uh, and over the course of time, he was able to separate, as he became more educated about the faith, what he had embraced that was cultural, that was based on a certain tradition of teachers from a certain region of the world, and what actually was coming from the Quran, the life example of the Prophet. And then after he had this experience of understanding those things, he still chose to embrace how it was presented to him in those those ideas, those ethnic ideas, those cultural ideas, because for him, he had grown fond of those things, and he attached a level of importance to them. And that's fine as well. So I don't want you to think that I'm trying to say that if you embrace certain traditions that or dress, styles of dress, or cultural uh idioms that, that that makes you a uh, less of a Muslim, but we want to embrace things from a position of knowledge and not, not just imitation mm-hmm. and not just blind um, following. So I would say at this time of Thanksgiving, 
be be focused on the gratitude that that Allah has opened your eyes to a, a new way of life, and and focus on that gratitude, focus on the positivity, focus on the opportunity to to share share your newfound light that is lighting up your light, the guidance that is guiding you through life, that you can share that light with others in your family as you have these holidays to, to reconvene with your family. Don't say, I'm Muslim now, I'm not going to be around my family. You know, just show, show them how much Islam has touched your life and made you a better person. So be a better son, a better daughter, a better brother, a better sister, a better friend. You know, to say, you know what, I don't drink anymore. I'll just show them. Show them with their behavior that you do other things. You know, I think a lot of times the emphasis is to be anti, but let's show them what you are and, and be positive. Don't think about as much about the negative things or what you're staying away from. If, if, if Islam has saved you from a, a life that it was negative or things that are leaving you on a destructive path, then focus on sharing the positivity of what it has done for you as opposed to. Now that I'm Muslim, I can't do this. I'm a thaw a pork or whatever. You know, I think sometimes it's a very binary existence, mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be. You can, it's not one or the other. You know, share the positive things that Islam has done for you, and, and share that. And if people ask you about it, then share more about why. But you don't have to necessarily become the ambassador for the religion as you're Shahada. Uh, you focus on self-development and commitment and, and finding a place where you feel comfortable with that growth and development and community and you can engage your intellect, engage your spiritual and social development and then share the positive things with those around you and be a light to reflect the light that Allah is putting in your life. Alhamdulillah. Thank you so much, Imam Tariq. This is a, this is a wonderful message and we appreciate you taking the time uh, to share it with us, Radio Islam family. Uh, Imam Tariq Najila, he is an imam uh, at the Muslim Community Cultural Center of Baltimore, also the founder and leader of an interfaith education organization, DC Musliman. Uh, you can find him on uh, social media platforms. Uh, you can look for him on Twitter at, uh, at DC Musliman. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. We thank you so much, and uh, may Allah continue to uh, reward and uh, elevate you as you continue to serve. I mean, thank you, Mayor Tark. I really appreciate it, the opportunity, and I hope there's some, some positive benefit for us as listeners. Yes, sir. All right. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam. Thank you all for listening. Join us each week. We speak with a different, uh, a different individual. We get a different perspective, and. Um, we approach this with the hope that this will be a benefit to the listener. So, inshallah, with God's permission, that is the case. Join us again next time for Building Faith. Assalamu alaikum. This is your host, Tariq Elamine.